If you are just getting started with the NGSS and 3D teaching, I want to invite you to check out Bring Wonder Back, an on-demand video series designed to help you understand why moving through the textbook and teaching topics is actually crushing your students' curiosity and what you can do instead. It's going to help you shift the work of learning where it belongs by building your understanding of explorations and discovery-based teaching practices. And finally, I'm going to help you take the first steps toward transforming your students into scientists through 3D learning, which is really what the NGS is all about. You can access this video series at iExploreScience/wonder and get ready to bring wonder engagement and a love for learning back to your science class. All right, to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. My name is Nicole Van Tassel. And I'm Erin Sadler. And we are two science teachers dedicated to helping you cut through the confusion and meet the intent of the NGSS so you can master all three dimensions. The NGSS can seem totally overwhelming, but implementing these standards doesn't need to be. Hey guys, this is Nicole Van Tassel of I Explore Science, and I'm back with another Thursday Thought. So I was thinking, how much do we really think about what our students already know about a science concept before we start teaching? And I guess I want to clarify. A lot of times we think about like what facts and figures and and things our students like know. Um, can they define this word? Do they recognize this vocabulary word? But we often don't get when we're thinking about activating prior knowledge and making connections to what they've already learned we often don't think about their actual understanding of how those those ideas connect to each other are we so so are we spending time i guess this is my challenge to you like are you spending time identifying your students misconceptions and understanding what those are or are we even aware that our students have them? Are we just assuming that our students are these like empty vessels that we're going to be filling with with knowledge in this unit? And what got me thinking about this was the other day my son mentioned when we, he was eating yogurt, how the yogurt that he was eating went down into his tummy and then it went all the way to his toes. And it never even occurred to me that he didn't realize that his body was not just a, was, was not just this like, big empty bubble that the food goes in and it just fills up, you know, from the bottom up. And along those lines, it's kind of interesting. So clearly he has an understanding of gravity, um, but but not not too much of an understanding of like organs and what's inside the body. And then it's funny because my daughter followed this conversation the next day with a conversation about, you know, where, where babies are when they're inside your tummy and all of that. Anyway, but it got me thinking about how I – never even thought about an understanding like that, that he might have, how, how he had, had viewed this phenomenon of, you know, what happens when he eats yogurt. And all on his own, he's three years old, all on his own, he developed an explanation for what happens when, that, when he does that based on what he could see for himself. And, you know, obviously he can't see inside his body, so he just assumed it goes in my mouth and it just fills up my body, right? And the interesting thing is, like, our students might not, they might, they probably know that, you know, your your food doesn't fill up your toes all the way up to your head or something. Um, but they are 
doing what he did. They are looking at the world around them constantly and without even really acknowledging or like consciously thinking about it, they're developing explanations for what they see. And this is really the primary reason why like teaching as telling, just like filling our students with knowledge, just giving them the information, it doesn't work. Because our students are not empty vessels. They are already full of ideas. And there's no space for your ideas and your new knowledge if it doesn't already integrate or fit with their existing understanding. So what do you do? Well, that is where the exploration and the discovery comes in because it's giving them the power to break their old understandings and develop their new ideas. It's about our students revising their ideas and improving them and and sometimes replacing their ideas. It's about them constructing their knowledge and their understanding. And that is really how real learning happens. So that is why it's so important that we are thinking about how we are teaching and how we are communicating knowledge to our students. And really, it's not about communicating it to them. It's about setting the stage so that they can discover it for themselves or figure it out for themselves because they have these existing misconceptions. And whether we like it or not, they are already filling our students. And we have to break down those misconceptions and the only way that happens again is through that experiential process of exploration and discovery that allows them to rebuild their new understandings. Um, As an aside, you know, I'm pretty sure my son still thinks that yogurt goes down to his toes. It was really quickly in the morning rush and I didn't have time to like get out models of the human body or show him a book about the different organs or like obviously I'm not going to cut into anybody's bodies but um, he didn't have an opportunity to truly experience this shift of like what's inside of our body and so I did sim- you know we had a chat about it and we talked a little bit about you know poop so there's a source of evidence for there's something else you know going in there it's not just filling your toes bud but I didn't give him that experience so he very well probably still believes that when he eats the yogurt it goes down to his toes um so next on the list is you know creating that experience uh perhaps with a model or something of like what is inside of our bodies but it's really important that what we're thinking about creating these tangible experiences for our students that can break down those misconceptions and really illustrate and show to them, um, show to them really how it works and and a, a true understanding of it. Because simply telling them is not there's just no room for your for the ideas you're you're telling. They really need to create those ideas to replace their existing ones. Anyway. That was my Thursday thought. Sorry, got a little rambly there at the end, but I, you know, had somewhere I I was going there. I thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Thursday thought, and I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I will catch you next week. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. 
Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3D planner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3D planner.